Now if I break your heart, little mama don't make a scene You really mad at yourself cause you couldn't do it to me Probably call me a failure if I ain't never achieved I'd rather you call me cocky for living like I believe that I'm a king Welcome to an episode of the original podcast here with your host, Jimmy James Keller Sr. I'm here with a special guest this evening. I have Miss Ashley, the founder of 91 Community. What's up? Thank you for being out here. I appreciate you. And as usual, my boy, DJ Trey Money. Sending y'all Westside Money. Yeah, man. Pleasure for having you as well. Thank you for coming out, man. Real quick, I said that I have the founder of the 91 Community here with me today. What what can we look forward to coming from 91 Community? What's that all about? Well, it was an organization that was like cooking up for four years, I would say. And I finally decided to just, I felt the nudge during quarantine to finally do something about it. And so... That, that quarantine put that pressure and on I you. I feel like that quarantine was either like a do or die for a lot of people. Yes. Yeah, it, either it made you do some reflection for sure. Yeah, yes. yeah. Exactly. If, you, if you didn't come out of quarantine different, if you didn't come out of quarantine in your bag, something's wrong. With a new <laughs> skill or something. Something. Like, new no. Hustle, like, literally, right. And something. not even just like a direct result. Like, even if you just are planning something. Like yeah. Something. Whatever's I on the shelf been. must come into fruition now. Amen. You know, so. But yeah, it was the organization that was cooking up for a while and got the nudge during quarantine. And it's pretty much NPO that focuses on smaller communities and pockets of certain neighborhoods that typically get overlooked with like limited access to resources. And usually like a lot of cities that sit outside of L.A. Right. Um, which which cities are you targeting more specifically? So I had the opportunity to grow up a little bit in East L.A. That's where I was like born, raised a little bit. And then my dad actually worked for the LAPD during the 90s. Okay. And so with all the riots and everything during that time, as most of us know, it was just not a safe environment to raise a family of five. Mm. So he ended up moving us out to like suburbia area. Okay. And so being able to live in kind of a large city in East L.A. and then move to a small city of Doherty, I kind of got to see different perspectives of how resources were offered, but also limited to certain pockets of neighborhoods. And it's a lot of stories that were left untold and that kind of sparked the match from there. Right. Do you think that in the heat of this voting climate right now, do you think that because people didn't take their their rights, you know, more seriously, as in like voting and trying to get things, you know, allocated into their demographic? Do you think that's something that we need to pay more attention to nowadays? Like right now with this with this opportunity, do you think it could really bring about change? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's providing the platform to do so, whether that's providing information or actually a platform to vote. But I think this wave of culture and the climate that we're in right now is so sensitive to wanting to make a change. And I think voting is like a critical piece to do so. And I think the way that social media is going and a lot of influencers are kind of directing their platform. I think 91 could also provide that platform in the future. Is 91 community, is that going to be, are you guys going to get out there and try to encourage people to vote and things like that? Or are you going, or is it more like community outreach driven where you're going to be bringing different services to the community or you're bringing a different program to the community or a little bit of both? A little bit of both. I think right now I'm good with us being grassroots. I kind of want to live in this area for a little bit and just see what it is and how many people are resonating with the work and how people show up and, you know, so on and so forth. But in terms of like long-term vision, yeah, I would love to be like, you know, a a polling station in the near future, but... Yeah, right now I kind of want to lock down the neighborhood. Okay. For sure. Yeah, that's uh so I met Miss Ashley at Nike through some community outreach programs. So I do know that we do share a passion oh. for community outreach. Um, I believe that we crossed paths like oh, 
maybe it was a like a running event, but I know most we spent the most time around each other during the Mamba League that was bought through spearheaded through, through Kobe Bryant to kind of develop the next generation of talent at the at the lowest level just to bring back yeah. uh, quality of basketball. And I think that we're seeing that right now with this bubble format. Like these young guys are hooping. We got Jamal Murray, he can't be guarded. Hooping, you know, a lot of man. people, Donovan Mitchell, he can't be guarded. We're seeing people like Bam Adebayo show you why he's young. you know why he made young. the All Star team. He's he's going for defensive player of the year next year. So I do think that through Nike, that was one of the biggest things that kept me with the company for so long was having the opportunity to uh, reach back into the community that has raised me, that helped mold me into who I am. So you're still with Nike, correct? Correct. Yeah, so I'm not anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> Neither am I. Mr. Swoosh, man. Mr. Swoosh. I'm part of the fam. Oh, it's Swoosh fan for life. Swoosh fan for life. So how is having to juggle? How is that? How how has oh. that been? How, how have you been dealing with that? Having to juggle some fresh wounds, right? right yeah, with your passion and you know, with your actual, you know, who who pays the bills? Yeah. Well, again, because we're grassroots right now, I'm still kind of getting the hang of literally working two full time jobs and then just like living life as a regular human being and as a woman. So I, it just kind of challenges you to prioritize and time management is a big thing. And ironically enough, those are the two areas that I kind of need an improvement on. Mm-hmm. So with that nudge that we were talking about, I think it propelled me to start 91, but also to kind of fine tune those areas of opportunities. Like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I need to get my shit together. Right, if I'm right. going to like, actually provide quality experiences and impact the community, like I need to make sure like this is done. I need like when you become your own boss, it sounds great. But when you become your own boss, like you set the deadlines. Mm-hmm. So you, you need to make sure. Right. So if you have like right. B minus quality, it's because you... For me, at least, it's probably because you did beat my yeah, right. yeah, yeah, your yeah, work you ethic. Didn't do the work, right? Yeah. Your work ethic is going to is going to show true. You know, I think was done in the dark definitely comes to the light. So, you know, speaking of Nike, Nike one one of the big things with Nike is storytelling. That's probably the one thing Nike does best. You know, with marketing or just in general, shoes and and, and apparel items, the way to connect to communities by telling stories to kind of get people to to dive in into a mindset into like a euphoric state or even a nostalgic state of something that you you've seen growing up, something that you can. Really really like see yourself in. So how important is storytelling to you? And and with this, with your 91 community, is that something that, you know, how, how are you telling your story now? Yeah, I think storytelling is critical when you're thinking of involving the community. I think when you show up in any neighborhood, you kind of need to be tapped into what is going on. And so being able to understand is also being able to involve yourself and hear those stories and be receptive and even like find a way to relate. So you have that line of empathy where you could at least have an idea of what those feelings and experiences are. And I think once you kind of understand the story, and I think it's important to involve the characters of those stories, mm-hmm. you know, actually involve the mm-hmm. community in the work. Right. I think once you kind of lock that down, it's almost like, and this may be naive to say, but it's kind of like everything is going to flow organically because it came from an organic place, right. which that's, is the story of the people. That's not naive to say naive to say at all, to be honest. I think storytelling, especially when you're doing any type of community work, is important because when you have that, you know, people empathize and really understand and relate to you, then they draw to you and then yeah. you're able to make a bigger impact. So yeah. that's important and it's dope that you're doing that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what you said is to piggyback off what you said, like the word being able to to relate being relatable is the biggest thing once i well you know in the mamba league i was a coach you know so it was the first time i ever had to experience not being able to physically impact the game 
And that was one thing that that's the biggest hurdle that I faced being the coach is not being able to, you know what, I'm seeing this, y'all not doing it, give me the ball. I can do it, you know? And the one thing that I was struggling with to begin with was I could show these kids what to do, but I wasn't a very good leader of the younger kids. I was too caught up in who can do what and how I can maximize those guys that I wasn't delving into Mm -hmm. every single person on my team and having everybody feel responsible for the, for the final score, you know, for, for, for the results that we all shared. So that was one thing I had to learn and being able to tell stories, being able to tell those guys that I was once an eight-year-old, that I, you know, I was once at the YMCA playing basketball, that I was once a guy who, you know, I, I took my basketball everywhere. I slept on my basketball. I showed them things like, you know, how I would get better with my shot, how I would get better with my handles. And for them being able to see like, not necessarily the finished product, but seeing me as an adult being able to do a lot of the things that they wish they could do, they could believe the stories of how I got there. And so I believe that if I hadn't shared those moments that, you know, I wasn't always 6'2", I wasn't always athletic, I wasn't always the best talent out there, but I had a work ethic that could rival anyone's. That's how I got to where I am. And that's why I'm standing in front of them. They were able and to see the see me actually go out there and be able to dunk, be able to hit shots, be able to handle the ball effectively. They were able to be like, okay. There might be something to it, so I can listen to what he's saying. But without that, me talking at them, me telling them what they should do without giving them some of my backstory, yeah. without, you know, sharing my testimony, I don't think I would have gotten mm-hmm. through yep. to those guys. And, you know, we actually went to the championship game <laughs> my first year. Hey, and we played, we played in front of Kobe in the championship game at Southwest College. That was one of the the highlights of my life, like being able to coach oh, in front absolutely. of Absolutely. The hardest thing to do was not go over and hug that man. And, uh, Gigi was there as well. So the hardest thing to do was to stay on that court, stay in that moment and invest in those kids. But at the end of the day, that's what we were there for. We were there for the kids. Yeah. So, you mm-hmm. know, I was able to stay focused <laughs> and yeah, it was what it was, but that was a great moment. So speaking of which, I was a volunteer for the community outreach programs. Uh, I was a part of how are how are you impacting volunteers through annual community or how are you I wouldn't I wouldn't want to say impact how are you empowering volunteers yeah. I think that's a better way to put it yeah um, I like that yeah yeah for sure I think one is again kind of tapping into the community I a lot of the projects I'm want to make sure I'm very intentional with so I don't want to just pop up in a neighborhood and be like hey we're doing this here like come this day support and just kind of clock in and clock out I wanted to kind of do the research of like what's lacking in that city, whether it be like not enough signups in, you know, your parks and rec department in a certain city. Okay, cool. That's an, that's an opportunity. How can we leverage that? And so kind of involving the community and and being a part of the project, getting people of the community to be volunteers so they can have that sense of give back Mm -hmm. to their own neighborhoods. And then also to like when they're actually helping out with whatever project is going on, giving them roles and responsibilities that actually are impactful, that actually keep them involved and engage Mm -hmm. with whoever we're serving to. It's I, I'm very mindful of the experience for the volunteers. I don't, I don't want to see them as staff. I, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, when you kind of operate as an NPO, your volunteers are your team. Right. So right. you got to take care of those people. Exactly. And so right. I'm very mindful in making sure that we empower them on. This is as much about the volunteers as it is for the community. Yeah. Because yeah. I think yeah. the, the volunteers are the community. Too. Right. They right. are. That's big. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that does happen. You get a lot of MPOs that come through and they tell you about the advantages or the opportunities to do this, that, and the third in their community. But at the same time, when you bring them in, you know, you give them a t-shirt and you give them a bottle of water and you have them out there for 12, 14 hours a yeah. day, you know, doing this, that, and the third, sacrificing everything. And then, you know, you didn't really give them much of an experience. And, and there's no you know, shade to that. I will say there's no 
shade because yeah. I get like bigger operations. Kind yeah, you got to get the work done. Way. You got to yeah. get the work done. But I think also that's why I'm confident in this work because I'm like, this is what I'm doing different. Right. And whether that impacts right. X amount of people, that's fine. But I'm invested in the work. But I think that's special that a part of your development with this, with this 91 community is that you're looking at the volunteers as the, the community that you're Absolutely. trying to affect mm-hmm. as well. And I think that that's huge. I think that's one thing that's going to make this MPO uh, very special. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's just like you have a lot of people too who just genuinely want to help. Yeah, yes. exactly. So yes. you have, you yes. provide a platform for them. And then on top of that, you empower them as opposed of somebody saying they're looking for volunteers and they show up and it's like, okay, you're here. We need you to right. do this and you're with them and they'll tell you what you need to do. Yeah. But it's, it's more than that. Yeah. You, you make them feel a part of it and that goes a long way. So Huge. that impacts totally. a great deal of people who, right. who choose to get involved with you. To your point, there's, I found out kind of like in just researching, there's so many people who want to get involved. Yeah, right. So mm-hmm. right. They just They're don't just know waiting. how. They don't know how. Right now. They need a way. Right now. People are mm-hmm. they're at the crib. They're like, oh, if only there was, <laughs> right. if only yeah. there was a soccer camp in my park, something. you know, I would, I would be all over that. I wish, you know, anything. Yeah. And they're just waiting. Yeah. That's important right now for sure. Yeah. So I'm going to kind of switch gears a little bit. The Lakers just got this W. Oh, uh, is it wrapped up? Yeah, it's a wrap. Yeah, it's we just went in and took care of game one. So I think I, I'm predicting a sweep. I'm going to go out there and put that out there in the world. I'm, I'm going to give the Nuggets one game just because just because I respect that team. There's no home court, though. They're in the bubble. Oh, well. See, that's okay. what I'm saying. Like I said, just because I respect that team, I give them one game. I'm telling but, you, legs is heavy, man. How it's looking. Like I, I was telling people this. I'm like, the Lakers have been resting. We've been chilling. We've been resting. We got an old team, but we've been on we've been on we've the been show. Resting. We've they been resting. They've been in the ice baths, you know, they've yeah, been you know, they get that they're the, around the, the clock. Old legs is, is, is <laughs> warm, you know, they yeah. good. So So yeah, with it's the, gonna be a battle for sure. We're speaking on the Lakers, man. We gotta talk about the fallen man. Um share share Kobe story with me that yeah. you have, like something oh, that he inspired you with. Story. Yeah, something that you want to I mean I'm still ripping band aids, man. I, I'm still hurt. I'm like, still hurt about being like I can't. I'll lie. give you like a holistic perspective. Like okay. I honestly don't think I would be where I am had I not like been a fan of his. Had I not grown up where the era that I've grown up and witnessed his career. Mm. I think when you think of heroes and you think of like like when you as a kid like you kind of fantasize about your like goals like oh, I'm gonna get that white you know some people think of like that tire and the tire swing tire white picket fence, fence right. and all that right. or you know you have other like mm-hmm. you know visions but he was so pivotal in like what I saw for myself mm-hmm. and so I mean, I could tell you stories of watching him and then how it came to full circle, like working with his team when we did Mamba League and like how that was my first project. And like, Mm. there's so many things. So you've met Kobe? Over the phone? Okay. Oh, so I mean. (laughs) Conference? That's that's was, still I that's mean, still that's something. I was I'll I was literally I got that. in front of Kobe yeah. and, I and I wasn't able to speak to I him. So that. yeah, you were able to speak to the being. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's it special. Was, it was a general thank you, but I mean, I still counted in my. Oh yeah, yeah. What you could have put dubs on the note. First of all, me, nobody, maybe. nobody would have ever known the details hey, of your conversation. You could have told me that y'all was BFFs, and Listen. you know the world would have been like, "Oh yeah, no, cool." That's cool. Like it, was, <laughs> it was via phone call. Okay, but that's dope. That's what about so yourself, Jay? Money? Like, give me a man, give me a Kobe story. Uh, it's too many, man. It's like for me. I watched Kobe kind of at his, as a kid. And then when he got older, later on in his career, I was, you know, that's when I really understood basketball. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at him differently. Mm-hmm. And it was just uh, up until he retired, it was just like, man, it's a real 
it's a style of basketball that I know we're not going to get back. It's over. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like sad in a sense, like watching it, mm-hmm. knowing it was coming. But in a way, it was just like you had to soak it all in. You know right. what I mean? Because, like I said, you're not going to get it back. So then it was crazy, actually, when I got the news, I was here. I had to set up for, you know, another podcast that I'm a part of. And I was DJing and I was setting up my equipment. One of the hosts said, Kobe passed. And I said, you know, don't don't play with me like that. Right, 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 now, right. This right, is right, the trip right, about the right, whole day. Right. So I'm going to fast forward a little bit. I don't want to take too much time. But <laughs> the trip about the day is I worked at the Staples Center and the Grammys were that day. Yeah. So I had to go do the podcast and then go down the street to the Staples Center. Mm-hmm. So going down to the Staples Center, you know, after I got the news, I, I really believed it when my mom called me. My mom called me and said, you know, Kobe passed. And that's when I knew it was real because yeah. this lady watches the news faithfully. Right. So I'm like, you know what I mean? So then I had to go to work and I'm down there hearing the chance because I'm right there. It was We had a little walkway for the celebrities to come to the Staples Center from the theater and you would just hear the chance to Kobe to Kobe all the chance and I'm just sitting there kind of like numb you know <laughs> like you know like it's trying to just work and I'm listening to this it was just crazy man but what he meant to me just growing up and pursuing different things like athletically or just you know business wise and the mentality that he had it was just it was super impactful man and it's just like his legacy is gonna live on forever Forever. Like for me, I'm going to go reach on a higher note. I think that, yeah, those guys bring my spirits down a little bit. I you mean, know, it's so wounds. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, man, it's it, it, it hurts every time being. I got to talk about it. Man. It's tough it's to crazy. talk about being. But for me, I think the biggest thing for me from Kobe was like, I wasn't, it wasn't just athletically how he impacted my life. He was able to inspire me in a lot of different ways. You know, I, I used his mentality, his approach to life in my life, just in general, you know, whatever I did, I knew that I had to sacrifice more than the next person to get, you know, to be better than that person. I had to do more things. I had to be willing to do more to be great than, mm-hmm. you know, what was required of me. Just being at Nike, like anytime somebody will come through, I was able to go ahead and, and go ahead and walk anybody down with, with Kobe because his career, he showed you that, no, I'm not the biggest, I'm not the strongest, I'm not the fastest, but there is not one soul in this National Basketball Association who has put in more work than I have, that has sacrificed more than I have. So with that being said, there's not one soul that I look at on my level. You know, you haven't you haven't done enough. Yeah. You can't you can't mess with me. You can't you do can. nothing with me. You know what I'm saying? Like when you woke up, I was six hours in. You know what right. I'm saying? When you go to sleep, I was another three hours in. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's every day. So it's like, for me, it was a mentality. It was like, you know, I know that you hear that a lot now, mama mentality. You know, in hindsight, I, I felt like that was, before it was actually a thing, I believed in that. His approach to every day, every game. You know, I remember it was a quote he was talking about, you know, they had a two-game series at lead, and he was just like, so what? Yeah. So what? Job's, job's not, not finished. finished. <laughs> <laughs> Is the job done? Is yeah. it finished? No, it's not. So I'm not finished. What What do I care? Like, what are we talking about? I still have another game to prepare for. And I feel like, you know, that's why I wanted to jump. I, do- I dove into this space with this media space because I had a story to tell. And I was yeah. waiting in the in and behind the scenes to go ahead and make it perfect and to go ahead and nurture this baby into something that could pretty much walk on its own. Yeah. But, you know, 
I was cheating the process. You know, some you have to you have to lay a foundation. You have to build from that. You have to get better. You have to you know see what you know see things in hindsight, see, see things in real time, learn from what you're actually putting out, and you know build on that, grow from that. So most definitely, I think yeah. I think Kobe taught me that with persistence and enough time and effort that I can be great at anything, any facet of life outside Absolutely. of sports and in sports as well. Yeah. Because I handed out a lot of buckets along the way. Absolutely, <laughs> I handed out Absolutely. a lot of buckets along the way. So. 2020 has been a crazy year. You know, we've lost a lot of people. Um, too but many. I do feel like this has been, this has been a year too. Like we, like we kind of alluded to it earlier that a lot of things have come from 22, 2020 as well in a positive space. You know, a lot of things a lot, have, yeah. a lot of MPOs have been launched. A lot of, uh, just businesses, a lot of podcasts have been started. A lot of clothing lines have been started. You know, a lot of people are starting to get off their butts. So how do you feel about the temperature and the climate of people kind of looking themselves in the mirror and starting to see more? How do you feel about that? I think it's, I think it's overdue. I think we all needed to do it a long time ago. I mean, even to your point, I think there's a lot of people who are like even doing self work, mm-hmm. like not even career wise. Like they're just kind of, I have so many girlfriends who like started therapy and I have a lot of mm-hmm. guy friends who are like kind of reestablishing like relationships. Therapy is a scary word. Can we talk about therapy for a second? I think therapy is a scary word to the black community. To the black community and to black men. That's a great point. That's I'm a great point. I started therapy this this quarantine. I did yeah. too. Did, did you start therapy? Yes, sir. You started talking about your problems? Yes, Is sir. it somebody don't, that you know? Don't what? I'm a therapist oh, though. Like I'm I'm actually what, what? I'm a therapist. People come to me. No, you know, I go. I I'm gonna show every Monday. That's dope, bro. Begin I'm actually proud of you. Yeah. That's good. That's healthy. But you know, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like I've seen that I've seen a, a change in you though. Like from the way you the type of things that you post and stuff like that. Like I've seen I've seen difference in you. Like the from you know, I've known you for a little bit. So right. what we used to talk about and where your mind is now and how dedicated and devoted you are Man, to your craft. You like, know some stuff. I've seen the gear. Yeah, <laughs> for, real, for real, for real. But I've seen I've seen the gear switch, man. So if it's if it's due to therapy. Keep doing it, man. Hey, man. No, I just started for real. Yeah. And uh, I can say that, you know, for about, I've been doing it for about a month. And I can say for about the month, I've been pretty level-headed. Right. I recommend it for anybody who kind of like, kind of takes everything to the chin. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people, they, a lot of people don't check on the strong friends. Those are usually the strong friends. Right, 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 right. For them to feel better, you got to be, you got to help somebody. Mm-hmm. You feel me? I'm kind of like that. I'm a helper. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, I'm good, I'm good. Every time you talk to receive help when you're the guy that... Exactly. When you're the the source. So for me, kind of getting over that hump, I'll share a story with you. The very first time, because I tried to go like months ago. First time I went down to the building and did not go in the building. You feel me? I was like, nah, P, like I'm not going in there. Like, (laughs) no, for real, real story. Real story, didn't go in there. So, but like I said, being able to really... Just talk to it and have somebody like just professionally yeah. either validate or invalidate your feelings, but at least you got it out so you're not right. going back and forth with yourself. It's, what's it's what's official? What's one major benefit for both of you guys that you? I will go to Ashley oh, first. What's a therapy session now? Yeah, we're, we're, I'm gonna go ahead and I mean, let me talk. Let me let's talk get more into soothing. it, man. Let me, get, okay. let me get more soothing. You know, let's let's talk more <laughs> soothing. What's one thing that you've benefited from from therapy? You like, know what. Shout out to my therapist, Margaret. We love Margaret. Shout out, Margaret. Margaret Shout out, Margaret. Love <laughs> Margaret. Yo, we Martin love Margaret she, over here. I'm going to just drop a dime. She, on my first session, she left me with like a gem. She said, sometimes we say things and we're not prepared for the reaction. Oh, that's deep. And I had to really 
That's deep. Yeah. Because, you know, deep. a lot of people get into that. Oh, I would have. If that would have happened to me, yada, yada, yada. You know? That, and then it's like, I'm also more so a calm person, so I don't yell. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking like, oh, if I present it in like a even tone. I'm the same way. I don't like, like to get hot and bothered. I didn't disrespect you. Right. Mm-hmm. But even within that. Isn't like, that frustrating, though? Like, if I come to you clear and concise and I voice exactly what I wanted to say to you in detail and you still take it the wrong way or you get... You got to be prepared for the reaction. You got to be so confident with how you feel and what you say that no matter the reaction, you're still going to stand. Exactly. It can't bother you. that way. Yep. But it's just like when people aren't receptive sometimes, to you... Sometimes. No, sometimes. You, sometimes. That, just, that pushes me over there. Because, like, for me, yeah, I feel you know me, like, from, I talk a lot. Sure. You know, that's why I'm a host of a podcast. I run my mouth for a living. You know what I'm saying? But... At the same time, my one of my biggest pet peeves is being misunderstood, you know, because I feel like I'm 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 relatable to a lot of different people. I can speak to a lot of different people. It doesn't we don't have to be talking sports. We don't have to talk politics. You don't have to do anything based off like what you might think that you could get from me. I'm relatable to anybody. So it's like if I'm misunderstood, it's just like. I feel like you just chose not to. You know what I'm saying? I feel like it's yeah. a choice it's like more to than let to know you is to love you. Right. Like, you know, you so. yeah. you get it. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's frustrating. I think I might need some therapy for this. I mean, <laughs> and like people, what people, how people react really is just them. That's mm-hmm. one also another thing. Like people, how people act has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that you look to gain from therapy? Like, how do you think that could help you in the long run? Or like organically, like an em- like an empath. Mm-hmm. Like I just automatically think of like how other people feel, and a lot of the times, like it conflicts with like what I want to do and how I feel. So I think being able to kind of identify like when I can be like no, like when how to create boundaries. I think mm. it's just like oh yeah, I'm gonna do this for you up to this point, and right. then like that's my max that's because. It. The rest has to be for me. Mm-hmm. That's all you can do. And so I think, like, just being like to what you said, like you like provide and be a giver. Yeah, you gotta, I'm the same way. I've learned that you have to protect your energy. You have you to. You have to protect, protect your, your energy, and you, you have to. to. You have you to. Can't put yourself as a, at a disadvantage to help somebody else. Yes. You can't. You know. You can't. As much as you want for somebody else, you have to have yourself along that same. Thing. That's, that's what you have to right things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I'm at. I'm at the point where I have to say I can't do it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And like for me, it's like not that I can't say that. It's not feel bad about saying right, that. right, right. Because I want to help, right. But I'm like, I really can't right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I gotta, gotta be lock cool in. with that. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah, yeah, man. So when we talk off air, we we talked a little bit about you know what an under what being an underdog means to us, and also how we've done that moniker and made it powerful. So would you like to uh, speak on that a little bit? The concept of the underdog, I think, is. I don't know if it's relatable to everybody. I'd like to think it's relatable to everybody. Just that feeling of, I know I could do better. I know my like my team could do better. I know I'm capable of doing better, but there's no opportunity. Hmm. And I think that causes a lot of friction and almost builds like a chip on your shoulder. But I think when you think of that, I think that's really what an underdog spirit is, is like this grind. I'm going to do what I need to do because I know what I can do at all costs. Hmm. And I think at the end of the day, that's more of a a good thing than it is a bad. But I think it gets a bad rep sometimes, too, because of that chip on your shoulder. But I think when you live in this type of world where it's competitive, you kind of have to have that edge and you have to have a reason, like a reason to prove yourself. I don't think that's ever necessarily a bad thing to have. Right. 
for myself, I've I've always felt like an underdog. Yeah, I think I still feel like an underdog from time to People time. People sleeping on you. Don't sleep on the kid. You know what I'm. Don't sleep on the kid. Well, I move quietly too, so maybe Man. at the same time that's just my real choice. underdogs tend to move quietly. Yeah, you kind of have to because I feel like. To become an underdog, you have to have that moment to where you felt confident about what you were doing and still someone didn't believe in you. Somebody didn't see it in you. You know, somebody wasn't impressed. You went out there and you did your thing and somebody wasn't impressed. Somebody kind of waved you off. I think you have to have failed to be an underdog. You do, you know. I don't think do. that you could just move in silence behind the scenes and pop out. And, you know, I think you somebody has to have slept on you for you to be considered an underdog, yeah. for you to have to have that trip on your shoulder to come back. You know what? I'm working. For you know sure. what I'm saying? Like, and that's what I mean people, by moving yeah. silence is yeah. you're doing the work now. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like that. It's that moment where you're like, OK. OK. That's you thought it was a game. Yeah. You thought and it was a game. So now I got to prove and that. Now you like everybody go to work. Is like under, do you feel like that's relatable? Because granted, everybody's experience is different. And I think right. that's also something I'm kind of learning as I'm like developing this. Right. Like, is that a relatable kind of story? I do quote, think quote, in the communities that you're looking to impact, I do think being an underdog is a community type of thing. Yeah. Because I played for a high school, Morningside High School, and it wasn't. a a super renowned basketball program, but we made some noise. And it was simply because everyone took us for granted. Our tallest guy was 6'5". We were all pretty much the same height. One through five, it was like 6'2 to 6'5". That was the whole, you know, that was the five. And we went out there, we went to the second round of the CIF. So... I think that it wasn't just our team that was built from that. You know, we were able to to come together and mesh the way we were because we were all like-minded. We shared some of the same experiences. You know, we had some of the same doors closed in our faces. We had some of the same people look down their nose at us and pretty much make us feel like we weren't worthy. So I think that, you know, we embodied, we had a lot of support, but we embodied what a lot of people were feeling as well. You know, they had been in our shoes before. And, you know, I think that's why we had the support that we did. And we were able to go ahead and make the waves that we did is because we we spoke for almost a generation of people who were, you know, me being from Inglewood, California, me being a, a black male from Inglewood, California, there's a, there's a stigma I walk around with. There's like a profile that I'm under, mm-hmm. you know, before I open my mouth and introduce you to who I am, you already have, you you know, what you think, who, you know, you already have an interpretation uh, of who you might be, yeah, yeah. a preconceived notion of who you think I'm, I might be. And I think that, you know, once you get to know me, it's just like, missed it on that one, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. missed it on that one. But, you know, some of the things like, some of the things might be correct, but for the most part, I think I have more to offer than, you know, what I might give yeah. off, you know, walking around. So I Absolutely. do think that being an underdog is it's an earned title. You know, I think that underdogs are proud people. Yeah, I think you know? so too. I think, I think underdogs like happen at different important people's lives. I feel like in the certain communities, everybody, everybody's it happens a little point. quicker. Okay. Yeah. And I feel like in other communities, it might take a while for you to get some type of tip on your shoulder because you just yeah. haven't had to, you know, go through as many, go things. Through as many right. things. So I feel like at, at some point, you know, you felt like an underdog, so you can relate to that for sure. But it's just different for everybody. It's crazy because when point. when you guys define underdog, you guys didn't allude to like social status or any monetary things at all. You know, I feel like that's that's refreshing to hear because I feel like a lot of people nowadays with everything that's going on in the social climate that we are starting to see like, you know, it's just different for black people. You know, we don't have these type of you know, we don't have, we're not, we don't come from wealth. We yeah. don't have these opportunities. We can't get these type of, you know, jobs. We can't get into these schools. We don't have the resources and yada, 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 that, that, that people feel like that's the thing that keeps them from being successful when it's not, you know, it's going to be harder, but you can go out there and do whatever it is you want to do. You just kind of have to want to, you want it. You have to yeah, want it better. You have to want it. And I think that 
that's refreshing to hear from you guys that it wasn't about what wasn't privy to you, but it's more about yourself and how you can apply yourself mm-hmm. to go ahead and get it anyway. Yeah. Because that's super refreshing. At, at the end of the day, we're all human. We use the bathroom the same. Like, we have the same emotions. Mm-hmm. Like we're all human. So because somebody doesn't have your set of problems, doesn't invalidate or negate the problems that they deal with in their life. Right. And right. they have to deal with it. They have, you know, they have to feel how they feel about it and go through those motions. So, you know, at the end of the day, we're all human. So it doesn't matter what social class you're at, what, right. you know, money status you're at, what neighborhood you live in. You, some, right. you have issues. The feeling of being slept on does not discriminate. Ooh, it doesn't. It, it does not. It doesn't. It doesn't. Like you said, different times. It creates, it produces mm-hmm. different people. Like, like you're saying, like everybody's story is different. I heard a quote from Shannon Sharp. He said that, you know, you can have a pot of boiling water. You can put an egg in it and it hardens. You can put a potato in it and it softens. You know what I'm saying? So it's like everybody's methods can't be the mm-hmm. same. Like what's going on with you could harden you. But that same thing could soften me. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like you have to be sensitive to that when dealing with people. But at the same time, you have to under, you have to respect their Everybody show everybody's journey because mm-hmm. it's not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all coming yeah. full circle. Yeah, so we're going to we're going to do one more question for you guys, and then we're going to go into a little speed round. We're going to wrap this up. Oh, cool, cool. What do you think twenty twenty the rest of twenty twenty has in store for you? Start with trade money. For me, I think it's more growth. I think that's been like the word for this year. Growth. It's just growth. Okay. But at least for me, um, I've definitely done a lot of growing this year. And I feel like it's just going to keep going. Right. And like I said, I turned 25 this year. Two five. Yeah. You feel me? It's a good age. December. I'm the big homie now. You feel me? Yeah. yeah. 25 is not the big homie. 25 is, 25 is big homie training. Yeah, I'm like right big there. homie training. Yeah. Everybody. You big homie yeah. like 21 year old. I got right? some homies who's younger, like 22. To, you know, like you're the one who buys drinks hey, for like the 20. I'm the one who just now. be like step out to the 21 plus event. It's, know, it's crazy though. Nowhere. It's it's crazy though. You you feel you feel that switch though, where when you start feeling like compelled to share game. No, like, no, not even feel compelled, that, right? but like you feel that, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Compelled is compelled the word. Because like, I do be giving out game. And just you know off why? The it's because of guys like Jimmy. When I was in Nike, I would get game. Not even from Jimmy, but but. Everybody. Yeah. I was one of the youngest people working there. Right. So it, you you got to pay it forward. And yeah. I'm I'm happy to do that too. But at the same time, it's kind of like, dang, now who's in my ear? Like I right. need somebody solid in my right. ear because, right. Right. you know, I don't want to make sure I'm, yeah, I got to make sure I'm okay too. Again, that's how like, your circle gets smaller. Yeah. Right. But that's why it's important to tap in. You know what I'm saying? We, like I said, I don't, I'm not long at the swoosh. So a lot of people I have fell off with, but at the same time, like I felt a special bond with certain people, you know what I'm saying? And it wasn't, it wasn't for, what I would get in return. You know, I kept investing in people's lives because, you know, at one point I needed somebody like me in my life. So I never wanted to rob anybody of that. You know, if I could be some somebody like who I needed in my life, I'm gonna be that person. You know what I'm saying? If even, no, Trey never asked me, yo, how do you feel about this? Or if I'm going through this until I started, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey bro, like, Come here real quick. Like, you know what I'm saying? You don't got to do things like that. You you know what I'm saying? Like, are you good? Like, you know, just checking in on him. And then he was able to go ahead and see that I was coming from a place of like genuine, like I really care. You know what I'm saying? I'm not just trying to tell you what to do. Like, I'm, you know, I'm just only giving you a little advice. Like what you do with it is up to you. So I feel like having built that relationship with Trey, you know, being in that moment, being turning 25 and feeling mm-hmm. compelled. Like I, I went bald at 25. That's when I shaved my head on my 25th birthday. I remember that. You feel me? <laughs> you know, so for me... 
I had to leg up on becoming like a big homie. You know, I already looked like a big homie. You know what I'm saying? I already looked like one. So I was able to go ahead and share what I've gone through. But, you know, I have some dope little homies that taught me a lot, too. They taught me how to be, you know, just just more open. You know, everybody wants to be hard and gangster and be tough. But at the same time, you need men in your life that care and that yep. show you that they care. Yep. You know, I feel like that's that's very important. So I was happy to be able to do that for the homies. And, you know, little, lo and behold, little do they know that they, they definitely impacted my life, you for know, sure. the same way. So, yeah, we're going to wrap this up with a couple, uh, with a little speed round for both of you. You can flip a coin for who goes first. But Ladies first. Man. Ladies first. first no coin, man. See? Thank you. I told you. It's my yard. Gentleman. You know, I had to put them on. Teach them something. Are you a December Sag or a December cat? I'm a December Sag. I fuck with December Sag. You know, the best sign ever. They say the best for last. Okay, okay, okay. That? Come on, man. <laughs> you reaching for that. I ain't reaching, man. All right, here we go. Here we go. I'm going to take you through a couple questions. Just give me the first or second thing that comes this to your mind. Dangerous. It's dangerous. Oh, it's tricky. What am I It's tricky. No, you'll be good. You'll be good. Okay, here we go. You ready? I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's the first thing you do when you wake up? Thank God. Okay. Thank Too you. Short. God. Okay. What is your most used app? Instagram. <laughs> you said I, they're grudging. I, I just made Instagram last year. So. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Who was the last person that you texted? Probably you. Yeah. <laughs> like, come get me outside. <laughs> There's a raccoon coming out of the <laughs> sewer. <laughs> Tell you, the, the Ninja Turtles live down there. You thought it was New York. It's LA. Okay. How much cash do you have in your wallet? Two fives. Two fives, ten dollars. That's dangerous. See, you could trying to. I mean, when everybody hears this, you already be gone. That's true. So they I think might, you, they might need that ten dollars though. You know, okay. but I mean, you're 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 a community outreach now, so you need to you need to push that forward. You need to pass that on. I only you need have pass, ten dollars. Yeah, you need to pass that on. That ten dollars could change someone's life. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Kobe's the church or LeBron's to the club. Kobe's the church. There you go. See, see, I told you. I told you. At least you at church. At least you at church. And it's just like. You just can't wear a monster to the club. Shout out Dom K. Shout out Dom, man. You can't wear Dom City Club. (laughs) Cognac or tequila? Tequila. There you go. See, I'm I'm telling you, bro. I'm going to keep it G with you. All right, let me take a pause from this. Hennessy is gross, bro. No, it's not. Hennessy is gross. I don't know. People say that. Hennessy is gross. Age your taste buds. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think that's what it is. Because right now. You haven't grown out of Hennessy yet? Huh? You haven't grown out of Hennessy yet? I don't. I don't think I've grown out of it, but I haven't been on it as much. I was really drinking it heavy, and then I switched to Duce. Team, 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 team for sure. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think I've grown out of it yet necessarily. So that's your drink of choice. Yeah, that's my first choice. Like if I'm going to the store and they say bring a bottle with you to whatever function or whatever, I'm going to go the get heme. some Hennessy. Or some it's, I will say it's definitely a universal drink. For yeah, sure, for, for sure. sure. Okay. All right. So what's your? Oh, sorry. I'm curious. What's your drink? Now it's tequila. Tequ- Casamigos. Casamigos. Twenty nine thing. Yeah. It's like Casamigos. Reposado. I think, well, I, I've been Ooh, drinking. Sheesh. Shout out tequila. Casamigos. Like I like margaritas and stuff. Nah, bro. Just put that know. in the glass. You feel me? Cold. Margarita. You good. Listen to it. Hey, I never said you wrong before, my brother. You good. Like, you you know you need to be in the mood to get the Because I was on the Cravo for a minute, too. Nah, bro. Nah. Get the Casamigos, bro. Straight to the point. Go ahead and and drop that 40. I got a plug, too, so I'll get a bottle, man. Go ahead and drop that 40, man. You feel me? Yeah. We just... If if you don't take nothing else from from this episode, I'm calling y'all. I'm calling (laughs) both. I'm calling y'all. We going three-way. I'm like, listen. We going to... Here we go. 
Oh, yeah. I'll bring it the next round. Yes. Come on. Okay. Back to the questions. Horchata or Fago? I don't even know what Fago is. Or just say Horchata. Yeah, let's say it. Go with what you know. Okay. Inglewood or Long Beach? Inglewood. There you go. Dang. Yeah. What? I know, but I have people. I'm going to just chill over here. It's just a whole different vibe. You just went back and forth. You already died. Can you detail the last time you were embarrassed? What happened? Mm. Did you fall in public? Did you have a rip that you didn't know about in your apparel? You know. Embarrassed? Yeah. Something that you did. No, I did send the wrong text to the wrong. This is back in my pre-saved Ashley days. uh, The content of the text message should not have gone to the person that it went to. Yikes. That, that ended that. I, did, I just did that too. Not on a big scale though, just on a small mistake. A bit. Nah, this was like, oh yeah. We just yeah. <laughs> okay, a couple Crap. more. Got three more for you. Uh, Where's the currency? Currency. The spitter. Yeah. That was easy. I said that too. That was easy. Where's yeah. it? Where's the change? Shout out, shout out, Mr. Cap though. Cole or K Dot? Cole. I love, you know what it is? Kendrick's music, I think, is very p- specific with the audience, and I'm just not that audience, even though I respect the art. Dang. K Dot doesn't, doesn't resonate with you. You know what, though? K Dot doesn't resonate? Really, no, 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 not even that. But for before we get to that, it's like, <laughs> I really respect that answer. That is a really great answer. That's the best answer I've ever had to that question. Thank you. Oh, so, okay. Like, I've ever heard. That's crazy. Because it's just like, a lot of people just say he's just better. I'm like, no, no, he's not. not. He's lyrically. Are we talking about lyrics? Like, you, you can't. Like, there's not. There isn't. There isn't an aspect of Kendrick's game that's better than Cole's. It's just literally like up for interpretation. I think it's, yeah, and think so? Yeah, I think it's just like a sound. It's a style. Yeah, it's a style. It is I feel a style. Like, yeah. I feel like if you have right heavy content, I just feel like it's easier to listen to J Cole. It like is. you have to like study. I, I admit, yeah, like Kendrick's like a religion. You, you have, have to study to listen to it a couple times. J Cole, you can get it off the rip. Off the but dribble, kind he of. said he makes his music for those who have the time to really like. Okay, you know, fair. you know, listen to the music. Like you know, he, he makes music for those who are incarcerated and things like that. People mm-hmm. who are kind of low on luck who have time to like go ahead and, and chop it up. But at the same time, no, like you can't say you're not dropping gems. I just feel like he's he's nobody can rap like that. He's nobody. so immensely talented that it's he's hard to be like own, somebody's better than he's him. on his own level. That's what I like to say. I'll be like, Kendrick is in his own world. Yeah. I don't even say like he's a he's better thing. Yeah. Like I don't like saying all, he's just in his own world. J. Cole is another person who's just yeah, his he's, own he's he's just, yeah, bubble. He's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. And the last one. This is an easy question. The easiest question you got. Is Kobe the GOAT? Yeah. Easy. Oh. Well, you can't walk this back. Because you gotta think Michael Jordan too. Why do I have to think about that? Oof. Is that not gonna be? Is that not gonna be a, a speed round? Is this, this, it, it a yes or no question? Is, is is he the goat? Is Kobe being the goat? Greatest of all time. Period. Period. Hands down, like six thirty. I say yeah. You're on the like fence no about it. I feel like there's no Kobe. There's no Kobe MK, without so it's hard. Yeah. That's true. That so. is a very correct assessment, but. Kobe's from, a goat. from the time that I've been alive, <laughs> ninety one. Plug. Shameless plug. Ooh. Kobe's a go. Kobe's a go. Here we go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Here we go. Round two, rapid fire for DJ Trey. All right, let's get money. Is it different? Yeah, it's different. Ooh. <laughs> I liked it. It's different. I was hoping it would. What is the most expensive thing you've ever bought? Most expensive thing I've ever bought? My turntables. 1500. Bread. Last place you traveled to? Nowhere. You've never been anywhere? No, I haven't even been on plane. 
Where was the last place I went to for real is like Vegas. I was yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, so okay. Two five, bro. Two five is a year. Yeah. Casamigos get the heck. Get you on get, yeah. Okay, we changing lives out here. <laughs> we starting our community outreach with the homie. <laughs> I was supposed we to be flying to Memphis to see my friend, man, my best friend. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Shout out Meekster. Oh, shout out Meek, man. Big homie Meek. What's the most uncomfortable confession you've made to your parents? Oh. I don't think I've made no comfortable confession to my my mom. Nah. Never. Nah. Never had to tell her. Hey, mom, I shit on myself. I mean, as a kid, okay. <laughs> yeah, like, just, you feel me? Look, I, mean, you know, like, I thought it was like a real, no, nah, okay. Nah, you don't have to be like, like oh, mom, I As a kid, yeah, I think I had like an like, accident at school or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mama socked this fool, like. Ah, uh, nah, well, okay. I didn't even have to tell on myself for that. They okay. called her, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, pick one, power to fly or the ability to breathe underwater? Power to fly, easy. Okay, name two dead people you would have liked to meet. Kobe and uh, MLK. Mm-hmm. Name two people that are still with us that you'd hate to meet. Wow. What's his name? Trump. <laughs> <laughs> that dude. Yeah, yeah, bro. I wouldn't even want to pass him on the street. I feel like that would mess up my whole day, bro. I don't know. <laughs> him and um, who else? Like, I can't think. I only like like thinking about not liking people. Like mm-hmm. that, you know? So, positive vibes. Okay. Yeah, I think I'll just go, go with Trump. That. Trump twice. I would hate to meet Trump in two places, two different places. Unicycling or juggling? Juggling. I think juggling hard. Beyonce or Mary J? Beyonce. Rocket power or recess? Rocket power for sure. What? <laughs> for sure. I object. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. Rocket you didn't power. watch. Hold on. You didn't watch Rocket Power. She must. No. Like no. Exactly. Yeah. That's you didn't why. watch it like that. I was watching Recess. Uh, Man, Recess came asleep. on early Saturday morning. Like you got asleep. Rocket Power throughout the day. Like oh, no, me. I turned it off when Rocket Power came. Like sleep. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sleep. You should just sleep. Yeah. That's right. I went to sleep. Oh my gosh. See. Wow. Crazy. Knock it off. All the way. <laughs> who are you? Uh, who are you more disappointed in, Kanye or Tory Lanez? <laughs> 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 Tory Lanez for sure. Tory, a jumper or a lay? Jumper for sure. See y'all, y'all sleep on the lay. I had some cold. But like, look, come on, you can't lie. Like when it's like right over the hand, bottom of the net, it you look at them real quick. It depends. But when you when you when you see that gold, you know what I'm saying. You can't. It's, you can create a the only the only thing I would take a lay is if it's like a little skip through because I'm shorter, so you know yeah. what I mean. It gotta be like a yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you know yeah, what I mean? a lay. Like what's more gratifying, getting that jumper off? I mean, it's a bucket regardless. It's your question. Don't make me feel fresh. I'm getting a lay. I'm getting the jumper because <laughs> the move before is gonna be cold too. What's your favorite animated film? Ooh, animated man, so many. <laughs> I go with uh Land Before Time. Okay. Oh, damn. That's dope. Okay. That's dope. When is the last time you've written more than 10 words on a piece of paper? Ooh. Like last week, I was making a song list, making a playlist. For sure. For sure. You didn't do it on your phone? Ain't that crazy? Old school. Is God a woman? Yes or no? Uh, yes or no? No. No. Okay. Dang. He said no. No. I mean, if you want to ask me about it, we can yeah. have a conversation. But for a second, the question, no. <laughs> no. What is your favorite Nipsey song? Man, where your money at? Okay. For sure. I like that. I like that. For sure. And, every uh, time. Last question. Who will have the better career? John Morant or Trey Young? John Morant, for sure. Mm. Easy. Okay. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. This has been another episode of the original podcast. Thank yes, you, DJ Trey Money. Westside Money. Yeah. And thank you, Miss Ashley. Yes. We really appreciate you for being here with us. Fun. This was great. And that's a wrap. And Judas killed Jesus. But that's where I'm going to leave it because they call it dry snitching if I take it any deeper.